indiasourcing.net. If you haven't heard yet, that's our new website for India Sourcing Network, where we provide you everything you need to source private label products from India. We provide you the content that you require, the information that you need about uh, learning how to source from India. We provide you connections to vetted export manufacturers, to reliable service providers, and we provide you access to an amazing, supportive community, content connections community. That's what you get at India Sourcing Network. Check out our website at indiasourcing.net. Welcome to Webinar Wednesday. Today we are talking about exiting an Amazon business, and we have with us our guest waiting backstage, Yev from Rainforest, and uh, he's going to be talking about how you can exit and exit a business and this is an ask me anything so you can ask any questions that you might have about exiting an amazon business margaret and kevin hi how are you guys doing today good morning good morning good hi Michael. how are you <laughs> doing yeah. great doing great <laughs> lots of That's exciting good. stuff coming up right mark i mean we've got yeah. so many lots, yeah. lots of things happening and we're going to be very busy especially during the night <laughs> <laughs> yes We've got lunch with Norm coming up to tonight, and that's going to be 2 a.m. for you yeah. and 12 a.m. Yes. for me. <laughs> that's going to be oh, fun. Yeah. And, a, yeah. and a real, a real um, uh, good one today on exiting. Um, a lot of people are sort of, um, you know, it's the topic of the moment, exiting Amazon or, you know, a marketplace. So, yeah, excellent. Exactly. Yeah, very, very topical. And Rainforest is such an amazing company. They are based in Singapore. And, um, you know, the founders are experienced Amazon sellers. They understand mm -hmm. e-commerce. They understand Amazon. So I think that's just so very important. And also, we want to remind everyone that our PPC workshop is coming up later this month. So definitely check out this workshop. It's um, a live interactive two-day workshop that's hosted by Ritu Java, who's really a PPC ninja. And um, she is um, she's absolutely amazing when it comes to PPC. So this workshop is basically for anybody who wants uh, to understand the basics and the principles of Amazon PPC. So it's a beginner's workshop where we teach you, um, you know, how to set up your PPC campaigns when launching products, how to do keyword research the right way. Um, and basically, um, you know, a lot of the how to set up campaigns. That's something that people, you know, struggle with a lot. Mark, what do you think about the PVC workshop? What are you most excited well, about? Oh, well, I think the best thing is the Telegram group that goes on for weeks. I think it's still going on <laughs> from the last one and it's nearly to the next one. So, uh, yeah, it's good that like a lot of people actually, um, I suppose, become friends and, you know, make themselves a little network out of it as well. And, you know, everyone's always, you know, and asking questions and helping each other as well as we're two jumping in as well. So, I think it's probably a real extra bonus that you get, not just the, you know, two days, but you get, you know, extra time as well, which a lot of places you do the course and it's yeah. goodbye and we'll never see you again. So I think it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's great value. <clears throat> What's <clears throat> Ritu's, <clears throat> excuse me. Right. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I something <laughs> in my throat there. Um, but Ritu's sort of. Uh, his uh, mentor is, um, you know, she'll teach you or help you learn how to love uh, PPC. Yeah. <laughs> she'll never get me to love it. I told her that. <laughs> if I live to be a hundred, I still won't love PPC. <laughs> but it is, it is, a, it is a difficult subject, and, and and it is. But I think there's plenty of people that have done the workshop so far have been more than happy with 
the progress they've made with the help of Ritu and, and the, Co. the results, so, yeah. And the results they've got, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Absolutely. So if you're interested, go ahead and go to this URL, uh, theasianseller.com forward slash PPC dash workshop. Check out the dates. If you're in the US, then uh, the, the workshop starts on Friday, 23rd of July. And if you're in Asia or Australia, the workshop starts on 24th, Saturday morning, 24th of July. So check out the workshop and we hope to see you there. Okay, so let's bring our guest on. And hello and welcome, Yev. How are you? Top of the morning. Uh, good morning, guys. <laughs> hi, hi. Yev. Well, hi, welcome hi, to Wednesday webinar. Yeah. Very welcome excited to, to be here. Thank you. Thank excited you. Excited so to have you. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, Yev, uh, thank you uh, to Rainforest for being a launch partner of our website, IndiaSourcing.net. So we really appreciate your your guys' support. And uh, very excited to be talking to you and learning more about Rainforest. And um, uh, so let's get started. Why don't you first of all tell us about yourself, Yev? What is your background? Sure. Um, so um, myself, i uh, based here right now in Singapore, but as you can probably tell from my accent, um, originally I was born, uh, born in Ukraine and then uh, most of my adulthood spent in, in UK, in London. Uh, going back, sort of working for uh, big financial institutions, investment banks, Citigroup, Deutsche Bank. Um, spent over eight years of my my life, sort of doing that, and then quite earlier on, sort of joined the e-commerce with the e-commerce bug and and joined the entrepreneurial side of things. So back in 2012, um, and I sort of being in e-commerce space uh, or ecosystem in variety of. Uh, uh, places, right? Uh, both from doing sort of early investments as an uh, as an angel uh, myself in some s sort of direct to consumer brands. One of those actually turned out quite well. Uh, was uh, Unicorn Dollar Shave Club, so was an early investor there. Also being sort of part of platforms before even Amazon, Groupon, Fab. Um, you know, not on the high street. Com, so some of your UK probably listeners would, would know those. And then eventually sort of joined Amazon in 2014. And um, just, uh, you know, the, the space was exciting, was moving very fast. And naturally, that part sort of grew and grew. And so I launched myself like uh, a number of um, brands and scaled them to, to seven figures. I shouldn't say myself. I had some uh, co-founders in, in each of the brands. So it was a, a sort of a, a team effort, uh, a few of us. Um, yeah, and then at some point I started doing financing for uh, for other uh, entrepreneurs, for other e-commerce um, sellers, and because I found that there is a, a gap, especially when it comes to sort of cross-border global uh, working capital solutions, cash flows, like common common problems, and so that sort of led to uh, another business uh, that I started, uh, which was provide, providing working capital solutions, providing inventory financing for um, uh, global uh, cross-border e-commerce operators, basically. And uh, recently, with, uh, you know, aggregator space is, is growing. So this is a new chapter. So I, I'm working now with um, uh, Rainforest, who is Asia-based, Asia-focused uh, acquirer. Uh, of Amazon businesses uh, in a role of sort of VP of acquisitions and ultimately sort of heading heading the acquisition efforts. Um, you know, it's kind of an end-to-end -end, uh, 
of overseeing end-to-end process from originating finding uh, businesses to acquire all the way to migration to a point where we our team sort of hand, hands over to brand managers who then operate those um, uh, those businesses and grow them further and scaling them. Okay, fantastic. So Trish North is here and she is a birthday girl today. <laughs> Happy, Happy birthday, birthday. Trish. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying your day. <laughs> Looks like she's working. <laughs> Okay, so um, tell us a little bit more about Rainforest. Yeah, um, you know, who are the founders and um, what sort of, um, you know, when was it established? And tell us a little bit about Rainforest. Yeah. Sure. So as I said, so uh, Rainforest is um, Asia focused. It's had headquartered in Singapore, um, founded by by three amazing founders, uh, JJ, Ola, and Jason, um, who also have like uh, decades of experience between between them uh, in e-commerce, both in Amazon as well as other platforms uh, and other major sort of um, uh, gross unicorn brands such as ANB, Overfav, um, deep, as I said, deep uh, Amazon expertise. Um, uh, so for example, Ola, he uh, seven figure, um, you know, seller himself. He also very plugged into ecosystem and have a successful, um, uh, SaaS uh, business uh, for for Amazon sellers. Um, so, and in 2020, uh, they come together to to start uh, what sort of became a rainforest. And the idea here that um, they saw sort of a gap in the market. You, you know, you had the space sort of uh, pick, picking up uh, in US and uh, US brands being 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 acquired, but quite often sort of non-US brands, especially Asian brands, were uh, looked look down upon or it, it was harder for the entrepreneurs in this part, part of the world sort of for a number of reasons to um, get get liquidity when event get a potential exit. Um, so that that was one of the gaps they uh, they saw and decided to to solve that problem. Um, yeah, another another part uh, was uh, you know, them being sort of plugged into um, e-commerce ecosystem at large, even outside of Amazon here in this part of the world, um, uh, working for uh, companies such as Carousel, for example, uh, knowing Lazada, Tokipedia uh, deeply. So they they have this vision of, uh, you know, bringing brands across marketplaces, cross regions, right, and expanding them globally. So it's great. Someone has um, traction, let's say, on Amazon U.S., Obviously, it's almost a given nowadays you want to expand to throughout the Amazon ecosystem. Uh, but what's next, right? And so uh, I think this is the, the piece we're also focusing uh, quite, quite uh, deeply uh, um, on uh, in terms of taking it further, like uh, going beyond, beyond Amazon and expanding within APAC and on, on all these other platforms. Okay, that sounds fantastic. So guys watching, if you have any questions about preparing your business for an exit or, um, you know, anything at all, what kind of products they're looking for, you know, what, how to structure your business for an exit, type your questions in the comment section and Yev will be able to answer all of your questions. So Yev, let me ask you one question first. So let's say somebody is starting out today. What are some of the things that they need to keep in mind so that their business is optimized 
for an exit, you know, two years down the line? Um, sure. I mean, um, first of and foremost, you know, any aggregator, uh, us included, ultimately, it's any who would be a new owner of the business would look at the business to a large extent, same way the owner initially looks, you know, so it has to be profitable, it has to grow, it has to be sustainable kind of growth, right? So those are almost a given. Um, so as an owner, look at it through the same through the same eyes, um, you know, it's it, it's not just a, an overnight success that we're looking for, right? So first and foremost is, as I said, profitability, right? As, as you know, like all these businesses are valued on the trailing 12 months. So basically the last uh, 12 months of profit and then the multiple is applied to it. So obviously that, that profitability is super important. Um, uh, beyond that, it's, it's how sustainable that profitability is. So build for long-term, which means great, you know, make sure that you have a great product, great story, it's all tied together. It creates that mode that keep on giving over time, right? And also it puts you as a builder and owner of that business now in much stronger position, whether you're gonna end up selling it or not. You know, you want to own that that business uh, for the long-term because it's gonna keep, keep on giving. So. Um, <clears throat> those are cr critical things. Um, uh, you know, in the profit margin is another thing, um, you know, uh, and obviously it's, it goes to ways like as you're growing your business quite often, um, you sacrifice the profit margin because you're trying to build that sp speed of growth. You're trying, you're testing, you're running experiments. So the profit margin initially, uh, could be a bit tight, but have a clear path of how that profit margin could expand if if you are successful, you know, f further down the line, and that's again fits back into that strong product, strong brand loyalty. If, you know that that should allow you to get more reviews, more ranking, and therefore more more pricing power further down the line because your product will be unique and different to the um, to the competitors. Um, on the housekeeping kind of side of things, it's um, pays um, uh, you know to to have <clears throat> a, a very clean financials. So don't commingle it, um, you know, with, with um, personal expenses uh, and so forth. Like try to, from earlier on, try to pay attention to that. So, you know, get um, a good C CPA um, and, and make sure at least the last 12 months of your financials are, are squeaky clean, uh, but as much as possible. It just makes things much easier and odds are you will get much better valuation and much better exit and much faster exit. You know, nothing scares more sort of uh, acquirers, you know, when it's incomplete information and then they start imagining the worst things possible, you know, even even though it might not be the case. But um, so yeah, pay, pay, pay attention to that, I should say. Um, yeah, I think uh, those are um, the, the most important and, um, yeah, like just don't do things for pure, I, I don't know, vanity or pure optics, you know, only uh, do them if, if it makes sort of financial sense, commercial sense, uh, from a business perspective. Yeah. Mark. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, just one question here. So when you're looking for a brand, are you looking for, say, someone who's got two products, 20 products? Do you, is there a, a I suppose a, 
a benchmark that you like or it doesn't matter if people can just have one or two successful products or do you think they need a brand with, you know, six, eight, ten products? What what are you looking for as in your company? I know the bigger ones obviously, you know, are looking for the multi-million dollars, but where, where do you sit in the range of suppliers? Sure. So in terms of that's a good, great question, I, I mean, in terms of, um, and unfortunately there is no, um, you know, people throw uh, specific numbers, but, um, and we have those numbers as well. So ideally we don't want more than, let's say, uh, 150 SKUs or parent SKUs, right? Uh, um, you know, we, we can start obviously as low as one parent SKU. And in terms of revenue, um, it's, we could look at as low as 200 to $150,000 um, revenue, which is will be very on the low side of things. And it's more like an exception as opposed to the rule and all the way up to 10, 15 million. Um, um, but at the same time, I, I should say, don't get too focused on those n numbers. Those are not very hard sort of criteria, I should say, because... Um, uh, those criteria is, is important if if your business is no different or like quite bread and butter sort of vanilla type of business in every other respect. Uh, but uh, maybe your business is different. Maybe you have a patent or like exceptional product, uh, you know. And then in that case, you know, it never it never hurts to start the conversation, <clears throat> even if it's a little bit preemptive, maybe like six months, uh, you know, prior when you sh should have, like there is no, literally no, no downside. Um, and, you know, the, the worst thing that can happen, like uh, potential buyers would say, okay, no, not now. Right. Um, you know, so I, I should, um, but the, on the upside, you know, they could, the deal might happen much sooner than you expect. Maybe they will offer some intermediate help, um, you know, to get you there faster. You know, and then acquire you. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about sort of the side, um, side, um, size, uh, side of things. Um, obviously, on the track record, I think that's <clears throat> a little bit more important. There, um, we are looking for uh, businesses with at least eighteen months of uh, of track record, typically, and at least like twelve months worth of uh, profitability track record. Those, so those aspects are important. Um, on the higher end, <clears throat> so as I was saying, like 100, 150 SKUs is um, uh, beyond that, it becomes kind of tricky, but also, as I said, not a hard rule because it comes down, like the way to look at it is what is the revenue uh, per SKU? What is the contribution <clears throat> per that parent SKU? And then how many, what is the supply chain looks like? how many suppliers per, or how many of those uh, sort of parents per supplier they have. Because there is a difference uh, between, you know, a business that has maybe even a thousand uh, parent ASINs. I'm just making things a little bit extreme here, but uh, a thousand parent ASINs, but all comes from one supplier and all of them contributing, let's say, $100,000 per per ASIN. You know, that that business is still quite quite a very attractive right because on a even though it's complex but it's substantial size on a uh, per parent basis so th this is um sort of the the, the framework there uh what we're trying to avoid is obviously uh, you know a lot of 
uh, ASINs, a lot of SKUs, a lot of suppliers, but ultimately they're not contributing much. Uh, it's a small, uh, small revenue generation business because that, that presents a, um, a lot of complexity, a lot of operational sort of overhead uh, for not much revenue and therefore not much profit uh, at the starting point. Okay, we've got one question so, over here. Uh, okay, go yes. ahead, Kevin. Well, go, 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 Mekla. Far right. Okay, let's take this question first. So Anja is asking, is it important for the brand to be active on social media? Or do you sometimes buy brands that purely do well on Amazon, but don't have any social media presence? So I think this is a great question. And, um, you know, so, so not only social media, but how, um, I mean, how important is it for you that the brand focuses on Amazon or is there a certain percentage of sales that must be on Amazon? Um, so the short answer here is, yeah, we prefer brands that um, have Amazon presence. Um, ideally like something 60 to 70% of that total revenue comes from Amazon. Um, however, again, it's, it's not a hard sort of uh, criteria. Uh, we've looked considered and potentially going to acquire brands that have zero Amazon presence with the idea that we will take them to to Amazon, right? Um, so, um, yeah, uh, that, that's on that side. And then the question was also about the social media, whether it's important uh, for sure. It's, it's back to that uh, brand loyalty, uh, brand um, sort of awareness and building a moat and sustainability of you know, uh, of the user base and, and um, uh, the quality of the, of the profit, profitability and the growth for your brand. So um, that, that helps for sure. So if you have a very engaged uh, community on social channels, and that's maybe how you're launching some of your products or the product in such a category where it's crucial to have um, social media sort of presence, uh, it will be definitely a plus and it will, you know, uh, most likely increase your exit uh, multiple because ultimately it's it's helps that uh, protection, brand protection, uh, you know, and differentiator against the, um, your competitors. Kev, do you, did you have a question? Yeah, yeah. I, I just, uh, what, what certain sort of criteria um, do you look for when evaluating businesses in the first place, yeah? Sure. The first and foremost, it's as I was saying, um, trailing twelve months profitability, trailing twelve, 12 months uh, uh, revenue. Um, there is a margin, obviously, implicitly uh, there. So the, the the margin of the business has to be <clears throat> of a certain uh, uh, certain quantum, right? Um, um, and how much gross. is that? I mean, is there is there like a specific range that you're looking for in terms of the margin so ideally uh it's we, we, we would like to see sort of 20 percent or above um okay. margins that, that that's where it gets into you know quite healthy categories so there is <clears throat> because as these brands are still quite early stages as i was saying it's uh, and they're still quite often in the growth um you, there is a decent amount of experimentation needs to be uh, done right and expansion all that costs money so you need uh, some some margin to to buffer some of those experiments because not all experiments will, will work out as entrepreneurs and Amazon sellers know, you know. So um, 
you need you need that uh, margin to to cushion things. Um, uh, gr growth is another thing that's very important um, to have non-declining business. If it's declining, it's also potentially doable, but there has to be a sort of a good consistent uh, narrative or explanation uh, why why it is declining, and you know, and we need to figure out like how it could be stopped and how can it can it be turned around. Um, um, yeah, so so those are the mains. Um, another obvious ones is obviously around sort of the, the brand um, uh, uh, mode. So those will be the R threes that they're known in, in the industry. Basically, reviews, ranking, rankings, and, and ratings. Like how how you how your product, how your brand compares to <clears throat> other uh, products within that particular niche. You know, do you have that escape velocity? Basically, you have the the review mode. Your ranked best uh, best of, of your competitors or and the ratings are ultimately uh, better than uh, than your competitors you know that that also pumps up your your multiple if you if you will because it offers that layer of, of protection for whoever will take over your brand right yeah i like that three r's mm. reviews ranks and ratings <laughs> really good okay we've got another question from anja uh, is it an issue if I have one Amazon seller account with two brands under it, but only want to sell one brand? Is it possible to separate the brand from the account? Apologies if this question is too specific. No, it's not specific. I, and I had a similar kind of question as well, because a lot of people do have multiple brands under one account. And it's not easy to have multiple accounts on Amazon. So what does a seller do in that case? Um, yeah, it's definitely doable. Um, it would probably be a little bit um you know less less common but it does it does happen um because <clears throat> these deals are structured as asset purchase uh, agreements typically um uh, you know uh, what can uh, what we can do in in that situation is um basically just buy by the the ASINs, right and the inventory um and the exclusivity to sell on on those uh on those ASINs. Also, <clears throat> the trademark will be in, in, in so the, the brand registry that has to be transferred as well. But the seller account could be potentially kept with the original owner that way. So um, it, it definitely could work. Uh, I mean, the, the technical or the, the mechanics of it would be obviously a little bit more, um, uh, a, a little bit trickier because you would have to pull out the inventory out of Am Amazon like and 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 so to to ensure sort of the consistent uh continuous uh sell of um uh, sales velocity on those asins so it has to almost be done in two steps so one we would need to start selling like at least a small quantity of the inventory from from our side and then the rest of the inventory has to be pulled out from the original seller's account and then transferred to to us so at any given time, there is no sort of uh, the, the the listings don't go uh, don't go sort of out of stock. Um, but other than that, it's uh, it's doable. Uh, we also have sellers who have multiple accounts, and you know also um, uh, things that are, are doable, right? Uh, so they sell one but not the others, or not not at this stage, you know. Sometimes because the the brands and um, accounts are at different level of, of growth so some something it is a little bit more mature and they feel like it reached that uh, uh, 
place where it could be uh, could be sold. Um, uh, other ones are more at the early stages and they still want to keep it and that that allows them to take some money off the table you know quite a considerable amount while still being in the game and continue and almost they built as a, themselves as an assembly line if you if if, if you will of, of these brands right um and, and this is true like so i think this is what's happening in the industry itself right uh finding products to self and and finding that uh, product market fit brand market fit uh, it takes a lot of effort and you know kudos to all these uh, amazon sellers who who managed to uh to do it right but it's it's hard work and, and it's a certain skill you know and quite a lot of them enjoy doing it right because it's also quite addictive quite exciting right <laughs> you you start something and you see it growing and going yeah. to the moon right like uh <laughs> yeah, and they are good at that. They they have lean, super lean operations, and they um, almost like throw those, fire up those experiments, uh, right? I call them experiments, but like product launches, you know, three out of five works, you know, the, the other two dies, and they keep on iterating, keep on improving, and yeah, and ultimately once they find and it, the, the, it ramps up, you know, they now they have this uh, pool of, of, of buyers who basically can go and offer them like um you know a fair amount of uh, of money or funds and to to take that uh brand or product to the next level because for the next level it requires certain other sort of resources and sort of assets if you will to 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 scale it to push it um you know the supply chain you know further to make it uh truly global right um right got a couple of questions here from Sridhar. So um, a couple of questions from me. Sorry, it's covering your videos. I'll just remove the question. What valuation typically is Rainforest offering? I know it depends upon many factors, but can you give some guidelines? What is the time frame for selling to Rainforest? Is it a payout right away or is it over time? So there are a couple of questions. And then he has a follow-up question as well. Does Rainforest buy the company, the registered entity, or just take over the listing or the you know the amazon account i guess that's what you're saying so let's address the first couple of questions first so what valuation do you typically offer and i guess he means like what's the multiple of the profit yeah um so as, as i mentioned earlier sort of this this business is typically uh, they trade on a, as a multiple um uh, of uh, trailing 12 months of uh, of earnings or seller discretionary earnings they call them right um the, as he points out, yes, it, it, it varies a lot because of all those factors. How fast is it growing? How defensible is it? You know, how, how well it ranks and so forth. So um, I, w I would say it's we are very competitive on pricing. And the premise why we launched uh, Rainforest was to to equalize sort of the, the, the uh, multiples and the valuations um you, you know in this in asia pacific because at the time it was um sort of uh, the, in the in, particularly in this part of the world it was sort of a discount was applied to some extent to to the businesses from from here so it's a uh, very competitive it's very in line um uh, with with the market um and uh to give to give a range it's uh anywhere between Three, three x or three times that multiple up to potentially even like six um, uh, six times you know um, it's a very wide range as you can imagine but that's because 
a lot goes um, into it and the, the, the businesses are quite often very different right in terms of where they are today and what are their sort of uh, prospects of or where they are going because some of them are growing you know triple digits uh, you know sometimes even quarter on quarter right so at, at and they're at large scale and they have patents and, and things like that so obviously and also the nature of the product some products are um, consumable or subscribe and safe so they have much higher percentage of repeat customers so obviously those type of businesses with that type of growth with certain easiness of operational uh, maintenance or scale would command higher multiples opposed to on the other side will be uh, businesses that kind of uh, maybe smaller more cumbersome in terms of the operational aspects and, um, and so the, the next question is, yep. what is the time frame for selling to rainforest? Is it a payout right away or is it over time? Um, to, so typically it has uh, both of those components. So there is a payment upfront, which is the largest component. Um, it, it, it varies, it can be as, as high as well. In some extreme cases, it could be as high as 100%. So all the money is paid up upfront. Upfront meaning like on the deal closure date. So typically, the stages of um, from initial introduction, let's say the uh, potential seller reaches out to us on rainforest.live through referral, right? Um, says, um, I'm open to idea of selling my business, let's talk. From that point onwards, typically we have few calls, we sign some NDAs, we exchange the uh, information, we evaluate, provide the LOI, which is letter of intent, which is basically a term sheet for, for the business that includes the price, the multiple, if the seller sort of likes that, um, you know, they accept that and then the deal goes into what's called the due diligence process. So due diligence process is ultimately to verify and validate all the information that's been shared prior to that, um, you know, if it's actually true. So, it, and there are a number of um, like few parts of the due diligence. One is the legal due diligence. Um, there is financial due diligence and operational due diligence. So those are the three main components. That process can take as little as two weeks, as long as the person, the seller, the owner of the business, have all his or her ducks in order, sort of speak, right? Meaning the the documents are ready, the invoices are ready. So for, for all those three types of due diligence, uh, everything is sort of uh, ready. So then it could be a very fast process. And then from that point uh, onwards, it's kind of APA agreement um, drafted. APA stands for Asset Purchase uh, Agreement. So it's basically the, the contract through which we we buy certain assets from the owner and the owner receive financial payout, right? And <clears throat> once that's signed, um, then money typically goes into... Um, escrow account because first the business has to be uh, mi migrated, right? The assets the, in case like seller, seller account has to be migrated that could take and it's kind of out of our hands, right? So um, it's up to Amazon and it could be as quick as a few days, but sometimes maybe certain things could, uh, could take a little bit longer. So let's say it's a week. And so once the migration is, is done, the escrow agent um, releases the funds. So the, the, the funds are sort of uh, sits in, in, in a third party account, third party sort of trusted agent, right? Um, so that's when the upfront component is, is released. And as I said, like in some extreme cases, it could be 100%, it's quite unusual. Um, 
Yeah, and then there are other components. One is called st stability uh, payment. So that typically is an additional amount, um, could be quite considerable, that is paid uh, on the first year anniversary. So in 12 months from that day of completion, right, from APA signing and migration. Um, sometimes stability is sort of split over two years. So it's part of it is paid 12 months on, and then another part is 24 months after. Uh, and then there is a, what's called earnout. Earnout is something that um, uh, also they will get the, the owner will go, get over time, but it's not fixed. Uh, unlike stability, which is a fixed dollar amount, the earnout is actually has presents some upside to the uh, owner. So we have to remember these businesses are growing quite fast, and so the faster they grow, the larger the amount. So it's almost like the owner is selling the business, but still have a uh, certain amount of stake in that business. So whatever happens over the next uh, two years, sometimes three years, the owner will benefit from that. So it will get a percentage, almost like a share um, uh, from that growth. Uh, so that's why for the owner, it's important when they choose who who to sell to, right? Because the operational capability and the growth plans, the growth roadmap, and how likely the team is on uh, to execute on that um, on those plans are because it's financially basically they will benefit more. And I should um, also point out that um, rainforest, it, to to certain extent, um, is different uh, from other aggregators in terms of um, the simplicity um, of of this um, sort of the deal structure. So we are one we are more flexible on the deal structures and we could be more creative in terms of uh, uh, doing a deal such that it benefits and and addresses sort of the points uh, of the of the seller so we try to talk to the seller and find out what's ultimately they want from the deal and structure be creative how we structure the deal so it addresses those um, those points for uh, for the owner and it's kind of a win-win we also keep them simple and friendly from a legal perspective um, and, and, and the causes and, and also transparent. So an example would be on the earnout component, we make it as a percentage of, of revenue. So it's very, um, as opposed to earnings, because earnings is, is harder to, to verify, to check, you know, once the business is, is sold. But revenue is quite uh, quite simple, um, you know. You, you can and, and and obvious. And another component with earnings, as it grows, the earnings tend to be uh, squeezed, and and um, so the revenue could be growing, but the earnings could be uh, sort of suffering for a period of time because it's a uh, it's in a growth stage. Yeah. Right. So the other question that he had was: Does Rainforest buy the company, or just take over the listing, or I think we mentioned account, right? So it's basically the Amazon yeah. account that you're taking over. So again, we we can do both. In most of the cases, uh, as I said, it's asset purchase agreement, meaning it's just the assets of the company. Um, so that includes the seller account, um, you know, trademarks, etc. Right. So, but not the legal entity itself. Uh, for some jurisdiction, and and quite often it's, it's just also beneficial. For the owner to do the deal that way but uh for some jurisdictions it could be beneficial to do excuse me um uh, sort of uh, a deal that it's uh, a share 
tra transfer, right? It's basically we're buying, Rainforest is buying a company. Um, uh, it could be a little bit, um, you know, marginally, I, I should say, maybe uh, more difficult because we also would have to do some due diligence into that legal entity to make sure that all the taxes being paid and because we are implicitly taking all that liability, right? But both both deals are both, both structures are on the table and both could be done. Yeah, and we have like very capable uh, legal team, um, you know, that is very familiar with all the major um, sort of jurisdictions, but especially the APAC. Um, so both from the tax perspective as well as sort of um, corporations structures and so we can do uh, both. But in majority cases, it's the assets uh, that are sort of bought and sold. Okay, just one question. Can I go back to, you know, when you're talking about the payouts and things, do people actually keep helping you run the business or do you just, once you've taken your settlement, you're gone? Or because I've heard of some sort of acquirers who actually um, keep the people, you know, on for six months or 12 months or whatever. Um, sure. Um, I mean, um, so we... In the, the in the typical um, uh, LOI, we ask for uh, sixty days and sixty hours worth of sort of uh, post uh, post migration of uh, potential help uh, or advice or consultation. But but to be honest, like in, in all the um, deals so far, we probably used only 10 percent of that. So it just oh. <laughs> uh, it, it's there just in case, um, but uh, it, it goes like it's a testament to our operational team, brand managers, and their sort of decades of experience in Amazon and uh, dealing with these businesses. So they they know what they're doing and they're quite capable. So unless your business is kind of unique and you know in terms of supply chain, maybe uh, some product development. Um, backlog that you have um you know that requires your your input might require some more but it's 60 hours yeah uh yeah. at the same time we don't obviously if if someone wants to be involved sort of on a deeper level uh with the brand um you know and with Re rainforest going forward that could be also accommodated and and discussed right yeah. so we were very much open to that yeah so another follow-up question from Seether. Does Rainforest also take over business on other platforms like Lazada or is it exclusively Amazon? And what about, um, you know, if somebody has their own website like Shopify or, um, you know, they're doing their own WooCommerce stuff. So are you open to those kinds of businesses as well? Uh, yeah, for sure. Actually, we, we, we love, um, uh, you know, uh, Asia presence if they have one. Uh, so if they have sort of the, the business on Lazada, Definitely quite a few of brands that we acquired have Shopify uh, or other platform um, revenue already. Um, quite often they also have some other revenue streams like uh, some B2B, B2B sort of uh, parts of the business. Um, so yeah, we, we are very much open, um, you know, and that's uh, no issue at all um, because ultimately we, this is the way we are going, as I was saying, uh, going off Amazon. Um, eventually whether it will be happening like straight away or uh or over time but that that's uh, that's a plan for for us um yeah uh, we just prefer that you know a, a significant portion co is coming from amazon ecosystem significant being like 60 to 70 percent but again it's okay. it's not a, a hard a hard rule there yeah okay and you're looking for businesses based 
anywhere in the world, right? I mean, you're, of course, based in Asia, so you'd prefer Asian businesses because you have, uh, you know, like you can meet with them and, and uh, but otherwise you're open to acquiring businesses anywhere in the world, right? Whether it's US, Australia, Europe. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've we acquired sort of uh, US and uh, European businesses in the past and will continue to do so. Um, but you know, we are sort of talking to a lot of uh, Asian uh, sellers uh, and, and quite focused on, on this part of the world, as well as, yeah, and still keep keep looking uh, sort of at it globally, yeah. Yeah. And does it matter where the products are sourced from? Like, we focus a lot on products that are sourced from India. And, um, you know, that's also sort of one way of differentiating a brand because most brands and most sellers source their products from China. But we are differentiating, you know, our, our brands are sort of different. But does it matter to you? I mean, as long as the business is profitable and the supply chains and all are set up, um, it should be okay, right? But do you have um, a preference? I mean, so so first and foremost, yes, it's um, ultimately, and it all manifests in, in the reviews, ratings, rankings, mm-hmm. and profitability, right? If you have a great product, great supplier should show up sort of downstream, your user, your con- consumer customer should be ultimately happy and then your business profitable. Um, we don't mind uh, where they're obviously uh, sourcing uh, uh, their product from, uh, but it's important to, it, it could be sort of turned on its head. It, it, it could be a differentiator, right? Uh, if, there's, if everyone is sourcing from China, but you're sourcing from a unique supplier in India, for example, right? Uh, and have an exclusive agreement and the product itself unique, and it's hard to source that, that in itself could be a major sort of, USB sort of, of of your business it, uh, and put put it like make it uh, make it much more defensible right so we would prefer that scenario as opposed to okay you're sourcing something that in China and you know on the same sort of uh, in the same industrial park in China there are twelve other factories doing exactly the <laughs> same thing then yeah. yeah it's it's harder right and and you search for that keyword that product and you see almost identical quite sometimes identical images right but just different brands okay, okay so it will be harder f- to to convince us that there is like a strong defensibility there right mm-hmm. uh, so that's how i would look at it so if sub- supply chain is crucially important right um and then there, there are obviously tariffs there is another thing like a topic of yeah. conversation we can spend an hour talking about that right? <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you know um Another reason for you to to maybe look uh, for alternative uh, suppliers, right, or, or, mm. or sources, yeah. Exactly. Mark, did you have another question? Um, yeah, look, just about, like, within the brand, should they be, like, cohesive products? Should it be the same niche? Should it be the same material that's made from in different niches? Or do you don't care if you're selling a, a dog leash and a salad bowl? What What do you, you know, sort of look for in that sort of when it comes to... Yeah, that's a great question. And we, I wouldn't say we, we get a lot of those, but, you know, you, you do get like a f- fair number um, of those. They tend to be Especially on smaller. Lazada and all, I think. Yeah. yeah. Especially Lazada they tend and to be know, some of the Asian, yeah. A, a bit smaller, I would say, brands, if you want to call them. Um, but, yeah, it's almost a starting, it's kind of multiple brands or what could become a multiple brand mm. but now it just 
five or ten products, but each product almost in in a category of its own. Quite often has a different supplier, so that yeah, it doesn't um, it doesn't add. Let's put it this way: it doesn't add sort of uh, to that valuation, right? Yeah. Because it increases complexity without increasing the uh the revenue and the profitability per asin right so let's say you have five of them each one is only generating i don't know ten thousand dollars per year but each one has a separate um supplier uh and at the same time it doesn't look like none of them have like that brand brand loyalty and uh, uh cohesiveness right um so it's yeah uh, it wouldn't be um so ideally, yeah, we prefer when it's sort of has that aspect, cohesive narrative story, um, brand loyalty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think too, sourcing from India um, gives a lot, you know, of our members a chance to get a really good brand because they might source it from a village so they can have, you know, videos of, you know, the village actually making the goods and, you know, all that type of, um, you know, things that are going to help. Um, that brand stand out and be, you know, something special on Amazon. It's not just, you know, being, you know, whipped through a machine. It's, it's got a story and you're helping people or, you know, you can, you know, develop your brand into some sort of um, community type thing. So I think, you know, our members should look at that and think that they've got probably a really good chance of getting something a little bit more unique than something, um, you know, that you can jump onto Alibaba and choose which supplier you're going you're gonna to get it from. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Uh, it's good to do those experimentations, obviously, and the early stages, a lot of sellers, that's how they get started and they do those things. Um, and I suppose that's where maybe doing that deal where you don't sell all your ASINs or, or all your seller account in, in one go, maybe one of those five or those 10 is doing particularly well and, and driving 90% so, or, or whatnot, right? Uh, so maybe that's where it makes sense to sell just one and and build it try to build a brand around that so you you have a trademark and you just transfer that that one or two uh, asins basically that's the deal and and then uh you keep the 88 percent uh, 80 percent or eight others um you know in development stages right okay. yeah mm. So guys, if you have any more questions for Yev, type them in the comments now. We'll start wrapping up uh, this this uh, webinar here. But if you have any final questions, type them in the comments. We'll be here for another few minutes. So let us know if you have any questions about exiting your Amazon brand um, or you know an e-commerce business, how to structure your company, how to maximize your valuation, any questions that you have for Yev, type them in the comments now. So you have also, um, you know, so there are a lot of um, sellers here in, in Asia that are maybe, um, you know, just starting out. They are selling on, they're very small sellers. They're, you know, kind of just entrepreneurs. Maybe this is just a side hustle for them. Um, how much time do you typically think it takes sellers to, um, you know, have an exit ready business. I mean, of course it varies. There's so many factors. It really depends on how much, you know, how much you can invest. If you're investing like a hundred thousand dollars, of course you can grow the business quickly, but typically what do you see, um, you know, new sellers starting out entrepreneurs, how long does it take them to establish a business that you would even, you know, look at or consider? Um, I would say it does take two two to three years on, on average. Mm. 
um, given that man, us included a uh, majority of the of the buyers looking for 18 months of, of track records you know so uh, yeah most of the of the deals that we are seeing typically fall into that bucket um, between somewhere between two to three years um, but also it's important to say that you know as everyone knows the the space is changing so fast right so and it's kind of accelerating right uh, and now with post-covid world and you know like the the traffic that uh, you know you're seeing going into from offline to online uh, is quite substantial you know certain categories especially benefiting extremely uh, from that so um yeah it's you know that that time i would say is sh shortening is getting sh shorter right like compared to let's say a decade ago would have yeah. been much uh, much longer sort of that run up to let's say your first million or your, your first 10 million in in revenue uh compared to nowadays you, you know sometimes we see businesses that within 12 months they're already doing multi-million dollar um revenue right because they hit hit a specific niche a particular trend and they were amazing at executing uh you know and and building that connection with their community their customer uh, so that can happen very, uh, very quickly in some cases. Uh, and I think yeah, like, just, yeah. I was just going to say, what, what are your specific plans for the future with, 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 with all this? You know, like, um, I know it's to buy businesses, but, you know, um, where does it all sort of, you know, what's the sort of, Where's it all end type of thing, you know, what's like the acquiring... end goal? Yeah. <laughs> what's the end game? <laughs> like, are you going to become this multi-million dollar conglomerate that has, you know, yeah, like a, you know, a ton like... of e-commerce brands? Or like, where is Rainforest yeah. going to be, you know, five years uh, down the line? It's in the name. It becomes that Rainforest, right? Like Amazon Rainforest, you know? <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> and grows, um, you know, um, sustainably sort of in perpetuity, right? And... Um, um, yeah, so I think th there is no um, uh, Im immediate or near-term near sort of uh, exit for us that we're looking at. So the idea here is like to to grow, to build these brands in individually, um, you know, into stronger and stronger sort of uh, have a stronger presence across multiple e-commerce channels, and in some cases even going offline as well so having like pursuing omni-channel strategies as well where it's appropriate mm. uh, and doing it tr sort of truly globally so uh, uh not just uh, north america but uh, everywhere yeah but i think also um if someone's got a, an exciting brand would it be fair to say that um you can sort of help them to um sort of open sort of certain doors for certain marketplaces to expand that brand um, more, more quickly, more efficiently. Um, would that be a good conversation for people to come to you and start having? Yeah, def definitely. Um, so as I was saying, like we are probably much more creative and flexible when it comes to sort of uh, arrangement, relationship, partnerships. So definitely, um, you know, hit me up or someone in our team uh, and start that conversation. And uh, even if you are not looking to sell right now, um, but you need certain, as, as you're uh, saying, uh, certain doors to be opened or certain help, yeah. or even just a certain advice. You know, we have a ton of uh, operational expertise. 
um, yeah, so I just uh, opened that conversation and, you know, we're quite approachable. So wherever we can help, we will help. Yeah. Right. That's I really like yeah. the association now. I get it. Amazon rainforest. Rainforest. <laughs> <Is> that one? <laughs> like when you said both together, I was like, okay, that makes sense. No wonder. <laughs> The circle is closed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the light bulb moment, Megla. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. Amazon rainforest. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's so, cool. um, are you looking for investors as well in rainforest? I mean, of course, you have a lot of um, you know um, capital raised, and you have probably have big investors and all, but. Are you also looking for smaller investors to invest in the company? Um, well, it, it's kind of like I wouldn't say no, but generally I would say we are a little bit beyond that point. So, um, okay. uh, you know, it, it's more sort of institutional in, investor at this stage. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, we don't have we don't have like a shortage of, of, of capital. Uh, you know, there are obviously always conversations happening and we're receiving, we're sort of lucky to receive a lot of interest uh, from investors, um, you know. Um, um, so yeah, we we are open, but it's it's a little bit uh, outside of my wheelhouse in, in particular, but uh, yeah, so I, I should say, yes, a, a, approach us. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, I, it's hard for me to, yeah. Uh, but on the, on the smaller side, I, I think it will be tricky at this stage, yeah. Right. I, I just have one request, yeah. Yeah, go if, ahead. If you get any good, if you get any good tips, um, like uh, Dollar Shave clubs or you know <laughs> uh, companies that look like they're going to shape up to be like Dollar Shave, and you've got any early investment tips, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> And uh, you are hiring as well, right? Um, because you yeah. are growing so fast and acquiring. Well, so in case... Exactly. The, the, the team is growing. Just uh, last week, we added uh, two more people. There would be four, another person. So we have like people joining every week uh, nowadays. And that's going to probably continue for uh, for foreseeable future. So yeah, definitely like um, uh, reach out to myself or to number sort of uh, of people um, on the leadership executive team to our recruiters as well. Uh, it's a cross of different um, uh, segments of, of the business from operational to potentially acquisition. And again, if it's not right now, maybe, you know, it's it's next next month. So reach out, start a conversation. The, the the thing is like yeah we, we have a lot of roles um that uh, that are opening up or planning to be opened up like within a month or two months so please please re reach out through link linkedin is the best or like you see my email just drop me an email and i'll uh route it internally to the right person right and these of course uh, don't have to be based in singapore they yeah that's the beauty be... of uh yeah. post-covid world and also the nature <laughs> of e-commerce right um it's uh, quite often done remotely it has to be done remotely or in a number of sort of uh, time zones because we have suppliers in one place consumers in in the other or consumers are spread all over the the globe so yeah it doesn't have to be uh, uh singapore 
Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of uh, people in our community that are sellers themselves and, uh, you know, they maybe they also want to do something on the side and they're experienced with Amazon related stuff. They know how to do listings and manage PPC and, and things like that. So, yeah, in case you're interested, definitely reach out to Yev as well. Okay, anything else, Marg and Kev, before we sign off? Oh, I don't think so. I think we've covered quite a lot there. So I think people should start thinking about building their brand nicely and maybe then talking to Yev in a 12 months' time or something. <laughs> there's, a, there's many, 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 many uh, scenarios to um, think about. And, uh, but like, even if it's a bricks and mortar um, uh, company that you were trying to sell, Right, you don't open it up one day and then sell it the next day. So, you know, you sort of, uh, you know, you build it up, nurture the business. You know, sort of make sure the figures are right. You know, sort of have everything, processes in place. And, um, you know, do you get do you get points for having good processes yet? Yeah, for sure. It goes to that uh, transferability yeah. operational. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, so have good. Yeah. But what I, my my point was to have good processes in place from day one is is key you know to uh, yeah. you know when you go to sell a business you've got good processes in place guys like yourself love facts and figures but no like to know where you find those facts and figures mm. <laughs> that's what you, you like to go to the right spot <laughs> yeah definitely so yeah, yeah um last question so if there were three things that you wanted to tell sellers to focus on to maximize their valuation what would they be like what are the top three things that you know they must focus on of course there's so many different factors and you mentioned all of those but the top three uh the top three would be sort of profitability uh margin and that defensibility or uniqueness right uniqueness okay yeah uh, and that should play into that to make that profitability sustainable going forward. Because something that we, we look, we analyze basically what happened in the past, but also ultimately we have to project how that can predict what's going to happen in the future and how we can build on that. And so uniqueness is an important factor there, right? Like how sustainable what you achieved so far going forward. So those three things, yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. And uniqueness, Excellent. of course, uh, from, you know, the India source products, I think yeah. a lot of the products are pretty unique. So guys, you're in a very special position here in the <laughs> India sourcing network. <laughs> and we have Daniel who says, can't wait for tomorrow lunch with Norm. No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's going to be so much fun. And uh, Mark has to wake up 2 a.m. or I don't know if you'll go to sleep or not, or maybe you'll go. To I'm sleep going early, to. Mark, I'm right? going to. I'm going to sleep early, and I'm setting my alarm to for one thirty. So you know, yeah. I um, and I'll probably set another one for one thirty-five in case I sleep in. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll have to. Uh, yeah, I'll have put a my first. Yeah, it'll be twelve a.m. for me, so I'll put my son to bed early, and then I'll be all ready and waiting. <laughs> the the beauty of the global world, right? Uh, yes, yeah. that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. The clock never stops. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun it's fun yeah. okay yeah. yeah thank you so much for your time today for sharing all of this information and um you know i'm sure a lot of people from our community will be in touch with you over the next few months years yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um as they you know build their businesses and of course you are in our facebook group so anyone can reach out to you there as well and um yeah guys email yev if you have any questions at all about exiting or structuring your Amazon business for an exit. All and right, thanks Megla, so much. Yeah, yeah, Megla, before, before we go, 
And yeah. another thing is when we do the masterminds, we'll be going to have special oh, guests yes. on our masterminds. Yes. And so, yeah. Exactly. So down, the, down the track. Down the, down the track. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Once we start our mastermind, so we'll do our workshop, India Sourcing Workshop, end of August. And then mm. we're going to start recruiting for the mastermind as well. And once you join the mastermind, then, of course, we are going to help you build your brand. And, um, you know, we'll have Rainforest as part of the mastermind as well so that they can guide us and, help. you know, <laughs> help and us. Help and you, guide, help you, you sell yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. Help you sell it. So <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay, so with that, uh, we come to the end of this webinar and we will see you guys um, next week for another webinar Wednesday. Have a great Thank week, you. Guys. Thank Bye. you, Yeah. Thanks for your Thanks. time. Bye. Thanks, Thank yeah. you guys, Bye. Kevin, Bye. Margaret, Magla. See you later. Pleasure.